It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. Now here's your host, Matt Lorenek. Welcome to Sports Wrap on this Friday evening. Matt Lorenek here with you, getting you going, and a lot to talk about. And first off, though, want to say welcome to what will be the Friday edition of Sports Wrap. We're going to be doing this with you every Friday until they tell me to stop doing it. So I'll be here for a while, okay? You can call in. Phone, on, phone number 800-859-0957. Program that into your phone so that you can hang out with us and be here through all of it. But I think one of the biggest things that is happening immediately in my life that I need to just talk about and get off my chest a little bit is I'm wrapping up a season having coached youth sports. And I've been coaching and playing and involved in sports for as long as I can remember. Middle school, into high school, I played sports in college. And one thing that I'd never experienced then that I'm seeing more of now, and maybe I was blind to it as as an athlete, the parents of youth athletes, you're ruining it for the athletes. And it's not all of you, but majority, I would say, of parents you're just having a rough time dealing with how things are going either on the field, off the field with coaches, with referees. It's, it's too much. And it's never been this way, at least from when I can remember when I was playing, I never heard parents in the stands berating officials over and over and over. I never heard them berating players on the other team. I never heard them berating players on the team in which their son or daughter plays. And I've heard it over and over now for probably the last five to eight years. It has gotten out of control. And I'm not sure what the reason is. And if you have a suggestion as to what you think it could be and what you think should be done to curtail it, please, I'm here to listen. I'm here to talk this out. 800 800- 859-0957 is the phone number. Call in. I'd love to hear from you. I want to know what you think about what I think is a very serious issue because we've lost what youth sports are supposed to be. It's supposed to be for the athletes playing. And it's supposed to be for them to learn other skills beyond trying to get a scholarship. And thinking that they're going to go pro and, you know, looking at them as maybe some parents look at as I never had the chance to do that. So I want my kid to do it and I want to live through them vicariously because that's a lot of what I'm seeing. And again, I have the experience of being right there on the front lines of it as a coach, but For all the parents that are out there that might be saying, no, I don't do this. You probably have once in a while. And all the ones that are out there saying, yeah, you're right. I do see this. Why? (laughs) That's what I just don't get. Why? It's, it's, you know, little league baseball. It's basketball for kids that can barely dribble. Why are we starting this so soon to get this intense about it. Now, yeah, let's say you play football for the University of Michigan and there's 100,000 fans in the stadium. Yes, 
people are going to yell and they're going to scream and they're going to get mad and they're going to say things they probably don't mean. But I'll tell you this, the players on the field do not hear that. They are numb to that. The kids that hear it are the five and six-year-olds that are running around chasing a ball around the field in youth soccer and you got dad yelling, you're terrible. Knock him over. Get the ball back. Kick him. That's not what this is about. So here are some things to put into perspective what I mean about this. It is estimated that there are 7,200,000 high school student athletes. Of those, only 500,000 become NCAA student athletes. That is 7%. And of that 7% that play at the NCAA level, 2% make it professionally. 2%. So I can know from experience and from watching and seeing how this goes, you know when you have an athlete on your team that is superior. And you know it early on. And you see it in a lot of ways as a coach. And you're able to talk to those parents and say, you know what? Your son or daughter has a really good chance to make it at the Division I college level, which is the elite of the elite. And maybe make it into the pros. But that's still 2% is such a small margin that why are we ruining our kids so early. Now, I don't have children myself. I've been the coach, though, on the receiving end of a player gets a penalty and the player serves the penalty. And as the player is serving the penalty, the parents of the player are yelling from the stands. Oh, how's that a penalty? Oh, there's no way. No, ref, you're blind. How about the positive reinforcement of, hey, Timmy, don't worry about it. You'll get him next time. Hey, let's make sure we, you know, play clean. We need the positive encouragement more than we need the negative tearing down of either a ref who you think made a bad call or a coach who you think doesn't know how to coach. That's where the enforcement needs to be. It needs to be in things that are positively happening on the field. Not the things that you see as a parent and go, no, that's that's insane. That's crazy. And I'll be honest with you, most of the parents, and again, not all, but most, are watching a game and the rules of the game have evolved in ways that they are not keeping up on. They don't know the rules. Lacrosse, for instance, a sport that the rules have changed a lot and There's certain things you can and can't do now that 10, 15 years ago you could do and you could get away with because the game was a little more loose. They were allowing bigger hits, but they've tightened it up. And so now parents all assume, well, that's not how it was. Well, you know what? That's how it is now. So you need to adapt and you need to be the positive reinforcement and the good example for your kid. There are so many more positives that can come out of playing youth sports, even playing sports through high school, maybe playing in college if you get the opportunity, that go far beyond a field. I learned immense 
amount of information from playing sports. How to deal with being told you're not as good as you think you are. How to deal with not playing the position you thought you were going to play. That's translated incredibly well to the job you think you deserve or the job you think you're qualified for. To then find out that you're actually maybe not qualified for that job. It taught me how to ask the question of, hey, why am I not good enough for the position I want? And what can I do to get better? That translates in life in so many ways. But when all the kids are experiencing are the parents on the sidelines saying, hey, Johnny, you're right. The coach is wrong. Or you're right. The ref is wrong. When the parents have the kids side blindly and tell them to continue to do things that negatively impact the game and the team, now they're just living for themselves as parents. So again, it's out there for you to comment on. I would love to hear from a parent, from fellow coaches, from referees, anybody who is involved in youth sports, I would say even collegiate sports, some of the smaller colleges, I know it happens there too. Chime in on this. I would love to know, where do you stand? What's the solution? 800-859-0957 is the phone number. The phone lines are open. We can talk about that. It's out there for you. We're going to talk about the Tigers, an opportunity to hopefully get some wins against the Cleveland Guardians. They have a very good opportunity to get the bats going against a pitcher that is suffering way, way worse than the Tigers. This is an opportunity the Tigers have in front of them. I think they can really capitalize on. So it's just a matter of will they be able to do it. Also, college football heating up a little bit. A little earlier than normal. Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, providing us with some incredible sound bites. And really, again, the analysis of the NIL. And is it the right thing for college football? In the current incarnation of what it is, is this what we had envisioned? If you were in favor of, against, is this what you thought it was going to turn into? That essentially alumni X who owns a company goes to recruit Y and says, hey, why don't you just voice this commercial for me? Or why don't you just stand and take two pictures with my product? And I'll give you $10 million, but you got to come to my school. That's what, the, that's what the NIL is right now. It is the wild, wild west. It is more insane than professionals, sports, and contracts, and, you know, doing it for a job. And honestly, the NIL and the way that some of these players handle themselves, it goes directly back to what I started the show with. How did the parents handle them as they were playing sports growing up? What lessons did they really learn? Because there's some players that are doing NIL deals and they're doing it right. And they're handling it properly. And there's others that are just out there freewheeling, trying to make as much as they can, looking at it as, you know what? I'll just make the money and I might not even play. Or I might go play for a year and then I might hit the transfer portal. Because it's just available for them. Maybe I'll make money as a senior coming out of high school with the one school I did commit to. But then after I tear it up there, I'm going to go to the transfer portal. See how much I'm worth. 
Caleb Williams did it with Oklahoma. Charlie Batch tried to get him to come to Eastern because he was going to throw money at him. Producer Blake's a big college football fan. The NIL, good, bad, ugly, what do you think? It's a great way for them to get around Title IX. <laughs> it really is. But I was going to say that Quinn Ewers kid yes. that went to Ohio State, didn't? I, I think he played, what, two snaps? Mm-hmm. And then, but he went there to get NIL money because Texas in high school, you can't get NIL money. So right. he went to college a year early, went to Ohio State, secured a bag, and then transferred to Texas. Yeah. Back home. Right. But had, but went back home with a few more zeros in yep. the bank account. <laughs> and a great mullet. <laughs> yes, exactly. But again, this is what it's turning into. And I, you know, I, I get it. Yes. Colleges make a ton of money off these kids. Should they be able to get some of it back? Yes. Should they be able to earn money while being in school? Yes. And if it's by use of their name, image, and likeness, as the NCAA is is doing, then that's that's fine. But I think we need to find a way to regulate it a little bit better. The phone number's out there, 800-859-0957. Give a call in, open phone lines, whatever you want to talk about. It's Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Once again, Matt Lorenek. Welcome to Sports Wrap. I know you're listening thinking, wait a second, this isn't what's normally on Friday nights at 7. Well, welcome to Sports Wrap. This is what is now in your Friday night 7 p.m. slot. Put it in your calendar. Save it. Save the phone number so you can call in when you need to. 800-859-0957 is the number. You can also Follow us on Twitter at 760WJR. We would love your comments. We would love your input. First thing that's out there, we talked about it early on, youth sports and parents. And really, the issue I have and I the background I have is having played since I was in middle school. I'm 34 years old for some background. 34 now, playing since middle school. I've been a coach for the last decade plus in youth and college sports. And so just seeing the way that it has turned to negative encouragement and negative promotion from fans, parents, towards coaches, refs, players on the, the team that their son or daughter plays on. You know, I've had parents in the stands say, don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And they're referencing the coach of the team that their kid plays on. I don't know why it's happening. And if you have an opinion as to why you think it is and what you think the solution might be, I would love to hear it. Again, phone number 859, sorry, 800-859-0957. And the next thing we're getting to right now, college football, NIL, name, image, likeness, a lot going on there, a lot being talked about. Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban providing us with some early commentary, trying to spark the college football talk early. I appreciate that. I'm a fan of that. I'm ready for college football to come back. But they're talking about things that for the longest time, everybody agreed that we needed. Everybody said, we got we to gotta find a way to pay the players. Now, some would say, we've been paying the players. Some would say, schools have been doing this. You just didn't hear about it. Now, I'm not one to pick one way or another on that because I don't know. I have zero information on, yes, they have been. No, they haven't been. 
But all I know now is, and let's use that as a frame of reference, what we know now is that the NIL is a real thing. It exists, and we can pay players legally, again, to produce either photos, to be in commercials, to voice radio spots. Companies can do that now, and they can get paid for it. Kids can get paid now for that. And that's all our frame of reference should be. That's where we're living. That's the world we're in, in this immediate moment. Don't worry about, well, schools have been doing this for forever. We don't know if they have or not for sure. Unless you do know for sure they have. And then I'd love to hear from you too. All right. Phone number 859-800-859-0957. And like I said, there's a lot to be talked about. First of all, though, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, the stage is set between these two. And really the the start of it all was Nick Saban speaking to what he thought was an issue that he had with Jimbo Fisher and how Texas A&M was handling their recruiting, basically saying that they were buying their recruiting class. And Nick Saban was very candid about it, completely open that he believes Texas A&M had, you know, just bought the players that they recruited. And again, did they? Did they not? Whether they did or not, it was done legally through NIL. So here's what Nick Saban had to say about the comments he made towards Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. But I know the consequence is going to be difficult for the people who are spending tons of money to get players. And you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right? We didn't buy one player. All right? But I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. Yeah. So it's a... Uh, it's tough. And- there you have it. Now, that's Nick Saban winning his coach in college football. He's at the top of the mountain. And those are his views on Texas A&M. By the way, a team that beat him last year, but Texas A&M regardless. And then so Jimbo Fisher, his rebuttal of where we view Nick Saban as a college football fan base and what we should really be thinking of Nick Saban from his vantage point. This is what Jimbo had to say. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. And it's ridiculous But when, when he's not on top. And the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families in Texas A&M because we do things right. We're always going to do things right. But we're, not, we're always going to be here. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. It really is. And it's a shame we have to sit up here and have this conversation about things we do. Okay. You're right, Jimbo. It is a shame. Now, have you created some incredible sound bites? Yes. And has the SEC now 
come out and said, whoa, 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 guys. Let's not start dusting this up because the SEC commissioner actually sort of made a blanket statement to SEC coaches saying that they do not want them to have any media and comments at all about what's happening. And this is coming from, so Paul Pabst for the Dan Patrick show, they were supposed to have Lane Kiffin on the show. And this is where this conversation came up. Lane Kiffin was told by, he said he was asked not to comment or do any media of yesterday's coverage. And that is a direct tweet from the Dan Patrick show saying that, you know, we were supposed to have Lane Kiffin on. All of a sudden, Lane Kiffin says, nope, sorry, can't talk about it. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty telling. This sort of falls into that line of where there's smoke, there's fire, right? And so what do you think about it? The NIL deals that are being made that are essentially getting players to go to colleges because of money that they're guaranteed by these companies who, yeah, could be alumni, could just be donors, could be millionaires who are fans of certain teams. But it's all legal now. There are 18-year-olds leaving high school to go to college who have six figures and more in their bank accounts before they have even set foot on a college campus, before they've taken one college class. And as we know, we just talked about it before, 2% of those college athletes will make it into the pros. 2%. Is this the right example? Is this what we want? So phone lines are open. As I mentioned, 800-859-0957 is the number. It is Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. Back to Sports Wrap on WJR. Here's Matt. Thanks for hanging out with me on Sports Wrap 760 WJR. The phone number 800-859-0957. Welcome to the first Friday edition of Sports Wrap. I'm going to be here every Friday for you. We're going to talk about everything going on in sports. And I want to make this your show. What do you want to talk about? I'm ready for anything. 800-859-0957 is the phone number. Quick recap. We've been talking about youth sports. Parents, are you helping or hurting what your child is experiencing on the field? And I'm not talking about the experience of trying to get college scholarships. I'm talking about the experience of trying to just learn about life and to have experiences that are conducive to building a professional human being moving forward. Someone who knows how to deal with losing. Someone who knows how to deal with failure. Someone who knows how to work together in a collaborative environment. Someone who knows how to work alone. And be motivated. Some sports are team sports. Some sports are individual sports. Tennis, for example, great example. A lot of people who play singles also have a doubles partner. You got to know how to push yourself to be the best for you. You got to know how to push yourself to be the best for someone else. So that's out there if you want to chime in on that. 800-859-0957 is the phone number. We've also been talking about college football and the NIL deals that are going on. 
players now being able to get paid legally for their name, image, and likeness. So in layman's terms, remember when NCAA, EA Sports NCAA 2005 was a thing? Greatest video game ever made. Amazing. Uh, just phenomenal. They better bring it back now that we can pay they these are. kids. I know. Next year. I'm ready for it. Like, just don't do it wrong, though. Like, I, agree. I almost want it to move like 2005. I like, still play 14. I love it. Yeah. Amazing. But, and then, back in that time, you had all the players. You knew who they were. You knew who you were playing as, as a kid, but it didn't have their name, right? It didn't say you're playing as XYZ player. It just was their number. And it was number 12 for Michigan. It's like, all right, cool. Well, I know who that is. <laughs> well, when you could download the rosters, too, yes. that's what got them sued. And mm-hmm. that's why the game had to stop. Right. Because, like he's saying, you were able to basically know who they were and get their names out on the game. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, wait a second. We're not supposed to be able to do that. So the name image likeness finally comes around. I'm fully in support of paying players for their, again, their name, image, and likeness. We're paying for their popularity. It's essentially the same thing you do when you go to see a Matthew McConaughey movie. You're paying because you like to see Matthew McConaughey in that movie. That is why he makes some money. Now, conversely, you're a fan of a college. They have this insanely great recruit coming in and everybody's fired up about it. And that recruit's going to go voice commercials for the car dealership down the road. Cool. You're becoming part of the community, right? That's how everybody's framing this. Oh, yeah, well, they're becoming part of the community. They're getting involved in the university that they're going to be attending. And, yes, they probably are. But they could also just be making some money for a year and then deciding, yeah, you know what? I'm going to get in the transfer portal. I'm going to see what I'm worth. And there's a lot of that that is happening, and it's happening rampantly. Have you actually seen any players in, like, TV commercials. Not or yet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. that's the thing about this whole NIL. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand these guys are getting yeah. paid, but for what? Right. Like a Twitter post? I, honestly, Instagram post? And that's, therein lies the problem. And that is the perfect example of why this is so freewheeling. It is the Wild West of handing out money. I can pay a kid $10 million for one Twitter post. And that's it. There you go. And Saban, like we played in yeah. the, earlier, he knows what he's doing. Oh, he's yeah. He's sitting at that. The event he was at was all boosters. Right. And he's basically going to them saying, hey, now remember, we were number two in recruiting. If you want to be number one in recruiting, and if you want to bring national championships back to Alabama, you better start forking over some coin. And that is the way to say it without saying it. And that is... The line that he treads, no matter whether you like the guy or hate the guy, he knows what he's doing. Oh, he's whining for oh, sure. Oh, yes. Like, he is whining. There's no arguing that. Nope. But he's, he's doing also it. not wrong. No. And he's doing it strategically. He's whining to the people he needs to whine to. He's appealing to his base saying, hey, we weren't number one last year. We didn't win the national championship. And it's almost in a way, you know, not that he's blaming it on the fact that we didn't have the best recruiting class, but it's an easy way for him to say, hey, you see that other college? You know that college that beat us last year on a last-second field goal? You know that school, Texas A&M? Yeah, they were number one. So now 
he's starting this fire. He's starting this situation where the Alabama Alabama fan base goes, wait a second, Texas A&M, the team that beat us? Oh, heck no. Let's go. Hey, Coach Saban, I'm going to call you later. Which recruits, like, who are we going after, right? And obviously, that's not information he's just going to make available, free and clear like that. But the internet is an amazing place, and you can easily find what players are targeting what schools. It's all over. And it is very accessible. And it is very easy to know where they're going, what they're doing, what other schools they're considering. And like we've talked about, it is so simple now to just write a check for for what is the great question. That is the question. And there is no requirement yet of what it has to be. It's it, There's no rule in the NIL that says, well, it has to be a minimum of 10 Facebook posts. And so it's it's for whatever. There's no proof of services. There isn't. Right. Who knows? They could they could tweet something once and it could get covered up by a million other tweets. So I've read some stories about uh, Mario Cristobal down in Miami. Yes. Because he's got a bunch of crypto guys mm-hmm. like backing him. Yeah. Um, and they've been dumping money into their program. They have a deal with some gym. Mm-hmm. Literally, they don't have to do anything. Every player on the team gets like. I want to say it's like 10k. Yeah. For the season. Mhm. Yeah. Just for being on the team. Right. How like and where how and, is that not Right. And so what service are the ki- like how what a, and and that's that's the great question. So you're just saying now that the entire team name image and likeness is now being serviced by this gym, but what exactly are they doing? Are they just showing up? Is it like they get 10 appearances, right? Like you got to come to the gym and work out once, you know, we, we need a Miami player in here once every week and there, that's it. But that is, therein lies the problem. And you're starting to see things happen in another way, right? What's the, what's the roundabout way about not putting, you know, sponsorship on jerseys. You do what UCF did. And you put QR codes on your jerseys. Yeah. And and you let the QR code lead to, which, again, brilliant idea because we all know what QR codes now. But for those of you who might not know, UCF in their spring game put QR codes on their jerseys where the numbers should go. So if you were watching the game and you paused it and you took your phone and you've done it how you've been reading menus for the last two years, it brought up the player profile. And it said this player so-and-so from here, here's his stats, and you got his entire rundown. Now imagine when those QR codes don't go to the player profile, but they go to, or maybe they even open a screen first, right? Let's say player X is sponsored by Gatorade. You scan the QR code for him, and first pops up a Gatorade ad. Is that a power Powerade school. Yeah, too. exactly. <laughs> he's, but he's at a school, right, with Powerade. But, yeah, I mean, Joe Schmo, sponsored by Gatorade. And then it's the little button that says click to continue to profile. I mean, the opportunities and the abilities are endless. And there is no rule book to this. The interesting thing, too, is, like, it goes school by school. So, right. like, Texas, if you sign an NIL deal and you play at Texas – you are not to even wear burnt orange in right. any of your NIL stuff. Right. But then you go to a school like Miami, mm-hmm. you're allowed to wear the logo. You could you can wear your jersey. They don't care. Right. 
So it's just it's the wild wild west, like you said. Every yeah. state has different rules. Every school has different rules. Mm-hmm. Everything. And the schools, like you said, having all these different variations, right? You, you know, kids are now deciding, like, well, if I go to Texas, then I really better be a good player, and they really want me because, like you said, I can't wear my colors. I can't wear my Texas uniform. I can't wear my Texas hat. I can't wear any of that. I need to just be me in this. You better be good at self-branding. Correct. <laughs> and and that's what everybody's learning, right? Be the best at self-branding. And regardless of how good they might be at it, they're still dealing with the situation of what are they really getting paid for? And the kids don't care. Think back to when you were 18 years old. If someone said, hey, here's six mil to take a couple pictures and to post them on Instagram. Okay. Yep. Sign me up. Done and done. And and they're going to be smart players out there. They're going to be the ones that know, you know what? The pros might not be for me. This opens up a whole nother realm of I'm going to make as much money as I can for four, maybe five years. If I, you know, try to do the five-year plan, like some players do, I'm going to make as much as I can for five years. And then I'm not even going to go to the pros or I'm going to go for a year or two, but how many NFL players are we seeing hit the retire button way before they get into any type of, let's say longevity in the NFL. They're still, some of these guys are four or five years in and they're like, you know what? I'm good. This is good. Can I ask you this though? Yeah. Because I've thought since this started, I don't think it's going to change college football though. The rich will just stay rich. Yes. The poor will just stay poor. Yeah. Central and Western and Eastern and Toledo, they're not getting kids on NIL deals. Yeah. The big power five schools will stay basically the same, Mm -hmm. if not just get a little richer. Yeah. Because they'll be able to recruit even better. I I would agree. And I I think what you will see happen, though, is you'll see, hopefully, the recognition of some of those schools regionally, right? Like, and, and here's the other thing. Does a company like Gatorade really need anybody to promote them? No. They don't need to pay these kids. They, they don't need anybody on an NIL deal. Nike doesn't either. Gatorade doesn't. Nike doesn't. Adidas doesn't. Under Armour doesn't. These are all major brands, that are ingrained in society so much so that they're never they're not going to be the ones to go to player X and say, hey, do you want to like what you're going to see is it's going to be localized. And that's like you just made a great point. It's because those schools want to be good and they know their fan base is right there. Yes, there's Alabama fans all over the country, but if we're talking in the spectrum of Alabama and Texas A&M, I mean, they're the perfect example of why this fight is happening because Nick Saban now is able to say, hey, you know what? Let's make this a bigger deal here. Let's let's make Alabama a bigger deal. And he doesn't need to do it nationally because Alabama's already a national brand. But what he needs to do is be able to get guys to say, hey, local car dealer down in Alabama, wouldn't you rather have my recruit, you know, taking pictures at your dealership? And that guy will say, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's get the attention away from Auburn. Let's get the attention away from that car dealership that's up by, up by Auburn. Let's, let's fight them 
because that's where the fight will be. It will be local, like you said. It won't be on a national stage. There, I'm, you're never going to see Nike and Adidas go head-to-head with NIL people. I don't even know if... The, like, that's the confusing thing part it, too. Like, so athlete schools, obviously, like, there will be a Nike contract. Like, Michigan has Jordan. But an athlete, I don't think, can sign a shoe deal. But I don't know. <laughs> Again, right. And, and that's where it's so convoluted and abstract in its formation of what the NIL is. Now, what I, again, I don't know for sure, but what I would imagine based on the little knowledge I have is that they still could. Like, Michigan is sponsored by Jordan, but Player X isn't. Player X just happens to go to that school. But I think I think the school has still has to quote unquote approve the nil deal in a lot of ways yes now that player might not be able to wear let's say adidas like let's say adidas goes to a player and says hey we want you to wear these shoes while you're walking around campus not while you're on the field not while you're wearing you know michigan stuff but we need you to come for a photo shoot and we need you to do some instagram posts and it's going to be of you in street clothes and this brand new pair of adidas I, that sounds legal to me. I mean, maybe. <laughs> Again, there's so much unknown that all of these questions that everybody has are going unanswered because the rules are so broad and the rules are not specific in any way, shape, or form. And honestly, another p- coach who you'll remember the name, Deion Sanders, coaches right. at Jackson State, and he's been saying... For the longest time, and to his credit, he has a point. He goes, listen, you're now paying kids, essentially. You're paying kids big boy money. You're paying them professional athlete money. And you're expecting the coaching staffs of where he is at Jackson State, not a Power 5 school. You're expecting my small coaching staff to be able to mentor, help mature, and help sort of guide these athletes through what some would say is the most pivotal point in a person's life. You know, those middle college years of turning 18 and then the next four years you're leaving up to Deion Sanders and his staff to mold my son. Now, he's basically doing that in a way of saying, look, NCAA, you've got to start giving more money to these schools so that we can hire more coaches, so that we can hire, you know, private psychologists so that we can have better resources for our athletes because now you're paying them and now they have pressures beyond what they used to have. And he's basically just saying, look, my staff can't cover that. I don't have enough people for that. So now I'm going to get players that are talking back to me and I'm going to get players that are talking back to the O-line coach because you know what they can do? They can just turn around and say, fine, I'll take my NIL and go somewhere else. And that's what this is. It is a ma- get richer. The rich get richer. And the kids that can just go places and say, Yeah, I'm popular enough. I'm here for I'm here for a year and then I'm out. And that's exactly what we're gonna be faced with. It's gonna be interesting to see, but we're gonna have to just keep seeing how it goes. So keep it on. We got one more break coming up before the first Friday edition of Sports Rap is over. It's Sports Rap on WJR. Back to Sports Wrap on WJR. Here's Matt. Welcome back to Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. 
7 to 8 every Friday. Mark it on your calendar. Write a sticky note and stick it on the fridge. Whatever you got to do to remember, we're going to be here for the foreseeable future. Fridays at 7. Phone number 800-859-0957. You can call in about anything in the wide world of sports that you want to talk about. I'm here for it. I'm ready. 800-859-0957 is the phone number. Program that in. Put us on speed dial. Let's talk about the local Detroit sports teams. NBA. Pistons getting the fifth pick in the draft. Now, where's that going to put them? A lot of people saying Keegan Murray is the guy. Another Iowa guy coming, potentially. But the real question that I want to know is, are the Pistons doing the right things to get you back on that bandwagon? I have been off of it for a long time. I've been off of it since 2004 when they won the NBA championship. I mean, they were great then. I loved those teams. The runs they made, Rip, Ben, I mean, Rasheed Wallace, everybody, Chauncey. That was it. Now, I think it's safe to say, after seeing one season, Cade Cunningham's the real deal. That was a great pick. That was a great decision. Glad they went there. It was pretty obvious they were going to, but glad they did and glad it worked out as it should have. But is that enough to get you back on the bandwagon of, yep, this is it. I am ready for the Detroit Pistons to start making runs. I'm ready for them to start doing big things. Now, a lot of people are saying, yeah, you should be excited. This is what they're doing. They're going back to their roots. They're building physical players. They're getting guys in there that remind people of, you know, let's not go as far as to say the bad boy era because that was a whole different breed of basketball. But they're building and they're getting those type of players. I just want to know if that's what you think. If you're in that same group of believing in the Detroit Pistons. What do you think? Who knows? Could be anything. Yeah, I mean, you have to be excited about the future. Yeah. Like, go, getting young and get, getting rid of bad contracts, that's that's clearly how the NBA mm-hmm. is working. Yeah. Like, you see the Cavs, they're young, they're a fun team. They still have the Kevin Love contract. But, yeah. But still, like, yeah. they've built through the draft and – I don't think anyone expected them to do as well as they did right. this year, and they were a good team. They made it to the playoffs. That's what you just got to build up. Yep, and I think that's exactly where the Pistons are heading. So it's out there for you. if you want to chime in on the Detroit Pistons. I'm here for it. The Detroit Red Wings also now have entered golfing season. They've been there for a little while, but the Red Wings, I'm a little more excited about than I am the Pistons, and maybe it's because. I just love Steve Eisenman and trust everything he does. Or maybe it's because I'm actually seeing things happen that have not been happening in forever in that organization. The Detroit Red Wings are doing things that they have not done in a long time. And I'm not talking about necessarily what's happening on the ice. And I'm not necessarily talking about the play they've been able to make and, and the, the aggressiveness of the team although that has been fun to watch. And it was one of the first games of the season I went to. Dylan Larkin just blindly punches the Toronto Maple Leafs player. I can't remember the name. It was so long ago. 
but just blindsides him after Dylan Larkin got checked into the boards. He thought unfairly, illegally. But that sort of set the stage of, you know what, this team's here, and this team is here to play now. And so I think that is something that you should be extremely excited about. Trust the Yeiser plan. I know everybody's out here like, oh, well, what's happened? Just let it go. Let it go. The Tampa Bay Lightning, they are still an incredibly good team how long after Steve Eiserman has left. He has done so much for that organization in Tampa that the ramifications of what he did are still there. And that team is still making playoff runs. And they're going to continue to make playoff runs. So that's something to think about, too. Where are you at? How do you feel about the Red Wings? And our Detroit Tigers. I had high hopes before the season started. And the excitement of Miguel Cabrera was electric. And I loved every second of it. But right now, there's not much to be excited about. They are struggling. Luckily, though, this weekend, they are struggling against a Cleveland Guardians team who is also struggling. They've got a chance to do some big things. But will they turn it around? That's going to be the biggest question. Sports Wrap, first time on a Friday. It's over. Thanks for joining me. 800-859-0957. Save that phone number. It's Sports Wrap on 760 WJR.